They say one is the loneliest number, but I think it's pi. No one even knows its full name. What did the father buffalo say to his son when he left for college? Bye son. What do you call a muddy chicken that crosses the road twice? A dirty double crosser. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, DNP Carissa. Hello, Carissa. Hello. And uh, my partner in all things, Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to a regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-TAKE-IT-CARISSA. Pooh head. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at drscottwm. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your healthcare provider. All right, here we go. Please don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com. You go there, you click through to Amazon, or you can go scroll down and see all kinds of things that we talk about on this show. Uh, relief for peripheral neuropathy that's got some data behind it. Uh, the Womanizer, the greatest... Uh, uh, toy, adult toy uh, ever created. Also, uh, go to ed.drsteve.com for information on the Phoenix uh, uh, um, erectile dysfunction device. It uses acoustic shockwave therapy, which costs thousands if you went to our friend Chanda and you would have a stranger cradling your jungle region, make, moving this probe up and down again while you uh, scream, it's the shrinkage, the shrinkage, because it would be hard not to have a uh, cremaster uh, reflex when somebody's grabbing your junk like that. So, but you could do it in your own home and you buy it and it's yours. It ain't cheap. But it's cheaper than doing it at a med spa and a lot less humiliating. So check it out at ed.drsteve.com. It's like Echo Delta, like erectile dysfunction. Also, uh, simplyherbals.net, Dr. Scott's website uh, for the best CBD nasal spray ever. And patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Tacey and I are doing... uh, content there. We're curating some content that isn't available anymore from the really old shows, but also uh, creating new shows. And we're going to, uh, I tried to do a live stream uh, video thing. It was okay. I'm going to get better at it. I got to pay attention to it and concentrate on it, but it will be good and it'll be worth it. And it's completely exclusive. None of this stuff is available elsewhere. So check that out. Patreon.com slash weird medicine. And then if you want me to say fluid to you, to your mama or basically anything else, if you want me to, you know, I don't know, make do whatever you want. Just go to cameo.com slash weird medicine. It's dirt cheap. Carl was laughing at me today because it's so cheap. I just do it for fun. I mean, literally, all that money goes to ham God radio. God forbid we make any money. Well, God forbid I spend our money on ham radio stuff. So <laughs> I'm spending cameo. God forbid mo- I get a job. <laughs> I'm spending cameo money on God ham forbid. radio stuff. So our next project is Moon Bounce. 
Uh, my buddy Dale and I are going to bounce signals off the moon and talk to people, and that's where that money is going. So if you want to support that and you want me to say something stupid, go to cameo.com slash weirdmedicine. Okay, anything else? No. All right, very good. Well, Dr. Scott is not here, but still check out his website. It's simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. And, uh, and there you go. That's about what I've got. You guys have anything? Yeah. Do you? I had a mom swipes left thing, and I don't know where it went. So I'm, we're going to have to do that next week. Sorry, ladies. I'm not sure what happened. Um, I could have sworn I put it in here. If I find it, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, Tacey, you actually have stuff for us, right? Great stuff. It's Tacey's Time of Topics. A time for Tacey to discuss topics of the day. Not to be confused with Topic Time with Harrison Young, which is copyrighted by Harrison Young and Area 58 Public Access. And now, here's Tacey. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, Tacey. <laughs> Take those socks off. Uh-oh. Scientists say wearing socks to bed is like sleeping in a toilet. What? Research from Mattress oh, Next wearing Day. wearing socks to bed? Yeah, don't do that. That's gross. Shows they're dirtier than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> They swabbed socks from 7 a, that were worn from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And in half the samples, they found Pseudomonas. Oh, aeruginosa? Aeruginosa. Really? Yes. This can cause a lot of infections and is commonly found on roaches and their droppings. Ew. Also, <laughs> you know, socks have oh. more bacteria than a toilet. What? Yes. That's bullshit. That is topic number one. Wow. Okay. That's a good one. And now let's talk a little bit about Pseudomonas aeruginosa. If you get that under your toenails, DNP Carissa, do you know what color it turns the toenail? Yellow. Um, no, well, it, it turns it, it's green. <laughs> Yellow, yellowish green. I can't give you a bell for that one. But yeah, if you see it, a lot of times bells. you. you uh, we do need bells. Just don't smell it. Yeah. You'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we, there are some things that we can detect with our schnozzes, aren't there? Uh, yeah, it's like sweet. Yeah. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a, like a sweet, disgusting smell. Yeah, and then uh, you can tell um, Clostridium diffi- difficile as well mm-hmm. just by its smell. When you walk by somebody's room and they've had a code brown and there's poop everywhere, you can almost always tell if it's C. diff. Yeah. Is that what you really call it, code brown? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, sure. Geoblead. Another one you smell. Yeah. yeah. Never forget. Did I ever tell you the worst, most horrific death ever? And it's not Fournier's gangrene. And please don't Google image Fournier's oh, you gangrene. Definitely but um, I, an esophago, esophago aortic fistula. So what mm, this is, there. is you've got the aorta. Uh, running sort of uh, behind, adjacent to the esophagus, and if they have a esophageal cancer or something, and it eats through to the aorta. One when that connection is finally made, the aorta is under a lot of pressure, and what will happen is uh, fluid will follow the path of least resistance. So now it goes up the aorta and out the patient's mouth, and they'll open their mouth, and you will see one. Two, three, four pulsatile projectile. Oh, that's terrible! Uh, boluses of blood hit the wall across from where they are, and then that's it. Then they're done, and there's no more blood in their body, and there's nothing going to the brain, and they will die. And it, it's a really gruesome, horrible way to go. Oh, so it's fast. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it is fast. I I was on a show, and I'm trying to remember. It wasn't Drew and Mike. Uh, I can't remember what show it was where they were asking about what the most gruesome death was. And I that was the first one. But they said, what's the second worst? And I had to say dying from Fournier's gangrene, which is a necrotizing fasciitis of the uh, genital region. And um, when I say necrotizing fasciitis, basically flesh-eating bacteria of the genitals. And uh, it very often leads to death because you, you, there's so much skin exposed that the uh, body, um, you know, can't fight off the infections that uh, occur, you know, that invade during that, that thing. It's, it's horrendous. So anyway, mm-hmm. don't Google image that. Do it. 
Yeah. And don't Google image uh, oral myiasis, M-Y-I-A-S-I-S. Be I'm sure to spell it telling so you they can Google so, it. So that they cannot Google it mm-hmm. just by accident. Mm-hmm. Oral myiasis is horrendous. And whenever I'm on a show and they say, what's the grossest thing, I'll have them Google image that. And I'll, I'll get one or two pukes out of it. Um, it's basically maggot infestation in the mouth, but go ahead, taste. Okay. Oh, and now, let me say one other thing. You said that the socks, please don't wear your socks to bed. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, if you, the socks were worse than a toilet, you know, when we did the Jeremiah Stafford for Howard Stern, there was one guy, Richard Christie, who we love. And uh, my sort of contribution to that was to tell Mamet to um, swab Richard Christie's ass crack and then swab his hands, and we'll just see what happens. And just as I thought, his hands had more E. coli on it than his ass crack did. So uh, there's gross shit everywhere. You just, just you know, nasty, we nasty, nasty people. That's why. People that's why. Gross. That's how we defeated the Martians in War of the World. Oh, spoiler alert! You know, H.G. Oh, Wells thanks. wrote it 1865, but. Um, they uh, they couldn't handle our ass bacteria, and it just ate them up because they weren't used to it. Of course, you would think an advanced civilization that could come here would know what you know microbes are. But his whole point was, you know, the least of us, you know, saved the world. So anyway, all right. All right. Ramp ramp over. I'm all hyped up. I was on WATP today, and I felt like I did a really shitty job and was just a drudge and brought the show down. So I'm uh, I'm kind of wired and, uh, you know, prepared to at least have control of my own show. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sure you you did fun. Yeah, whatever. So number two. Sorry, Carl. It's summertime. (laughs) So how do you keep your tattoo looking fresh through the summer? Oh, sunscreen, I would guess. Yes. 26% oh, really? of Americans have at least one, which I did not know that the okay. um, percentage can, was that high. Can I give myself a bell for that? Give Am I myself right? a bell. Oh, that was easy. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> Said it it also though. said that insects design, insect designs are having a moment. So people are going out and getting insects tattooed on, which <laughs> I would never do. I'm going to do it now. Are you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Our, yeah, my favorite tattoo story is, of course, Adedictomy Todd's story. Yes. For people who are new <laughs> listeners, we had this guy on the show, and his name was Double Vasectomy Todd, because he had to have two vasectomies, because the first one had problems. And uh, his name changed after we found out <laughs> what happened with his tattoos. He was so proud of these this sleeve that he got, and he was getting tattoos everywhere, and he got his wife to go have a tattoo with the same guy, and they followed him around. The guy had moved to St. Louis, and they would come to the tattoo. On their honeymoon, that's where place. they went. Yeah, well, we went, and we, we followed Sean to to uh, St. Louis so he could finish our tattoos, man. And they got all these tattoos done, and they were in apparently in a tattoo shop here in town, and they were kind of you know bragging about how they followed this guy around, and they're, they're groupies of his, and they, that he does tats on them when when they meet up in these you know foreign lands and all this stuff and they said well where's the penises and uh todd was like what are you talking about (laughs) and they said no where's the penises and he said i don't know what you mean and they said this guy hides penises in all of his artwork and todd (laughs) looked and there were dozens of them there were just penises everywhere it was like this but it was supposed to be you know this bioengineering kind of thing like alien or something and there were penises erect veiny penises all embedded in this hers thing. were flaccid and then he did one on her it was a skull but it had a flaccid penis coming out of the top of it on her foot so it was um quite <laughs> so that's how he got the name adedictomy todd but anyway all right. All right. they said not to add ink on your fingers because it fades too fast due to all the motion and the washing and well, etc. You got tattooed on your lips and it just went away. It just went away. It lasted about six months to a year. Yeah, yeah. I've done that twice. She did it twice and With both times immediately afterward it looks like she was she had wax lips on. <laughs> it really does. It's <laughs> fun. So, um, the ink on my foot faded super fast. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Just removing. So, I mean, it says sun exposure and dehydration can dull your art. So add SPF to your shopping cart. Okay. Stay moisturized inside and out. Mm. 
By that we mean apply lotion every day, drink lots of water, six to eight full glasses, and that's from the list. So stay hydrated. I wonder how that has anything. I wonder if there's any science. I don't know. It's from the list. They're not exactly very. um, A lot of weight or don't lose a lot of weight. I mean, it's all about stretching. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Just well, guessing. I guess, I guess I'm just stuck this way. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I had planned on working on it tomorrow, but... Damn, I'm going to get a tattoo in June, so I guess I better be an ideal weight then. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> okay. I'm telling right, you. Moving on. Number three. <laughs> this is the hippie segment of the show. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Mm, I love hippies. Okay, man. Here's to Scott. I'm not part of your system, man. <laughs> that's not the kind of hippie if that Scott is. If you're going to San Okay, that's enough. Francisco. If you did that during that show, you did ruin I it. I did not do that. Okay. Okay, thank you. Oh, so, um, quit melatonin impressive. and try these remedies. Okay. One. Valerian root. Kava kava. Hot get? cup of herbal tea. Herbal tea. Herbal tea. Herbal tea. <laughs> Chamomile. Val- valerian root. Give or magnolia tea. Magnolia? Yeah, that's no, what it says you. here. Okay. To take one to two hours before bed. Okay. Number two, drop of lavender on the pillow or diffuse it. Okay, this aromatherapy shit's got to stop. And it's let me tell you why. Lovely. Uh, it smells good. To say it does. But what if you were ritually abused by your grandmother when you were a kid and she had lavender all over the house? Lavender. So don't use it to go to sleep. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is you can't say, oh, lavender is good for relaxation because it is if it is. But if it isn't. So aromatherapy, I think, is is very um, they got to stop saying this is good for this and this is good for that. You give people a bunch of aromas and let them try stuff. I'm all about that because the olfactory nerve is really, you know, the first one hooked up to the brain. And, uh, and it, you know, we evolved from mammals that used their olfactory senses. And, you know, you look at dogs and the reason they have the big giant nose is because they've got all these sensors in there. Um, we... Um, uh, remember smells from when we were little. If you smell something, it'll evoke images of when you were a, a kid and stuff. So I, I think aromatherapy works, but you can't categorize these. That Okay, uh, chamomile is good for energy and uh, um, uh, lavender is good for relaxation. For that reason, you've got to customize it to the patient's experience. So if you, you would like to contact CNET News about that, you're more than welcome <laughs> No, to I'm just talking about people who sell aromatherapy and they're practicing medicine without a license to, to, cat, you know, to categorically say lavender is good for relaxation is not true. But I do think that you could find an aroma that would be good for relaxation if you customized your there therapy. You That's what I'm saying. Like like allergy testing. You know, you take allergens and or antigens, you put them on people, you see what they're allergic to. You could do the same thing with um, aromas if you wanted to actually scientifically practice aromatherapy. So anyway... All right, I'll shut the fuck up. Tasty, just <laughs> look won't. at me like you know. You'll just continue. no, I'm not. I can't ever. even Don't see you. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. I've got, I've got my um, peepers on. I can't even see you. Okay, fair. Peepers. CBD oils, gummies, or creams that contain almost no THC are known to promote sleep and anxiety. There you go. Get Dr. Scott's nasal promote spray. Anxiety. Go to simplyherbals.net. Seriously, the promote best. Promote sleep and decrease anxiety. <laughs> the best nasal spray. I, I really think um, that my sleep has improved since I've been using this. Oh. Now, that's just an N of one. That's just my anecdotal thing. But uh, I, Dr. Scott's got a winner with this one for me. I wonder what Dr. Scott would say about this one. Drink tart cherry juice, mm. which can increase melatonin production. Well, It also helps kidney stones. Mm. Well, oh, yes. What kind of kidney stones, though? There's certain... The ones in your kidneys. <laughs> Okay, I'm not. Well, that's because you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I'm um, gonna leave. Uh, <laughs> oh, you get all these bells. And She's I gotten all these call bells. You on one of them. I got nothing. Uh, I made uh, kombucha out of uh, tart cherry, cherry juice, and it's downstairs. We should try it later. Ew. Ew. <laughs> yeah. 
I tried it. What kind of kidney stone would it help? I don't know. I'm asking you. Because there, uh, some kidney stones, um, you can prevent them by making your urine acidic, but some kidney stones, you can prevent them by making your urine basic because the chemistry of the kidney stones is different. So I just wondered if, uh, if it said what... Uric pre- acid crystals. There you go. So it's good for... If, that deserves a bell, too. Yep. Okay, I'll give her a bell for that. Yeah. Myself a Wait, bell. you just gave me a bell. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really against you like I am, Scott. Okay. okay. Um, number four, dried passion flower or extract oil, not to be used if pregnant. Hmm. Really? Valerian root, passion flower, and hops all mixed together in a tea is really good. Hmm. What does that do? It's a Nothing natural muscle relaxer. Good. Really? Oh, but I probably shouldn't advertise it that way Why? because that's just how it works for me. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> go on, go. You two, the two of you. Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Wait a minute. Here you go. Lord and lady, do she back. <laughs> All right, anyway. Well, Number I mean, five. that's what you just went on a rant about, right? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to clarify Yeah, you can, that that's yeah. how it helped me. No, yes. that's different, though. Pharmacotherapeutics, Pharma- <laughs> yes, I mean... You're right that if we just had, if we were all the same, we'd only need one pain medicine. We'd only need one antihypertensive. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. You we're just, you guys just same. talk. I'm turning my mic off. Number five, are you getting enough magnesium? It's found in nuts, seeds, spinach, soy milk, yogurt, and whole grains. You can lightly snack on it one to two hours before bed. A supplement of that would also work. We're not going to say anything? I got my mic off. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving this show today. Screw you guys. I'm going home. No, I'm, we're good. We're good. That's interesting. Number six. I take magnesium. Practice yoga or meditation before bedtime? Yes. Of course, light yoga or a self-guided meditation app. Ooh. I love it. A.K.A. Trip. Hmm. T-R-I-P-P. Greatest thing. Get an Oculus. Uh DNP Carissa tried it. Uh, Robert Kelly, well, we've talked about that, where Robert Kelly actually fell asleep in the middle of it, sitting in a chair in the middle of my kitchen. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you've not experienced the um, uh, sort of wonder that can be created in virtual reality, particularly when it comes to meditation, uh, you got to try it. TRIPP.com and their Trip Inc. Their Trip Inc. on, uh, on Twitter amazing it's just it's fucking incredible anyway go ahead i Topic? use mental tracker Ooh, mental tracker mm-hmm. really yeah because you're mental to, i am mental <laughs> and to track your moods and all that and it's free no it's not actually a mental tracker it's spelled m-i-n-t-a-l oh but it's like oh. um guided meditation and breathing i do it every night before bed yeah cool oh uh, Firmly believe in that. Opie and Anthony made fun of me when I talked about doing yoga, and uh, that until they tried it. And uh, I don't know about Anthony so much, but I know Ope was uh, uh, quite the proponent of um, of yoga, and I think Jimmy as well. It is one of, that big relax at the end is the one time that I ever had an out of body experience in my life, and that was just a TV yoga guy, Steve Ross. So I can, uh, I you know. I should probably go to a yoga class. I think it would help me, but, uh, you know, fuck who this has This will time. also track your sleep. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mint and tracker how, does? And how much you snore or talk in your sleep or your sleep <laughs> apnea risk. Fart or Probably. I mean, it there picks is up one... on my dog's barking. Okay. So. Well, dog, fuck. I have one dog now. So. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. It's fine. No, my average amount of time asleep is two hours and 19 minutes. Oh, my God. There you go. That's really healthy. At at a time, you mean? No. Just at at all? At night. That's what I get. Really? Oh, yeah. No, we need to talk about that. Yeah, that needs to be addressed. It's that's a risk factor for lots of things. Death, I hope. Oh God. And depression. (laughs) Depression. Not to bring anyone down. Well, you beat During me. time of topic. You beat me on the being a drudge. But no, I, uh, yeah, we need Good, to talk about that. I'm glad I made you feel better about yourself. Yeah, thank you. That's <laughs> my goal in life is to care about everyone else. We need to work on that. I'm aware. It's just acutely worse have right you, now. Have you ever, of course, you're going through some stuff. Have you ever um, had a um, sleep 
to sleep study. Yes. And, and? I failed. Well, you don't fail one. <laughs> you, what, you, <laughs> it was abnormal. It was abnormal. How many uh, apnea hypopneas did you have per hour, do you know? Um, like 18. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. That's. I think. Okay. If I remember correctly, that's been like seven years ago. Okay. So that's like one every three minutes. So. Did you do anything about it? I have a CPAP that's in a box. Oh, see, I have a CPAP that I actually use. Um, but my SAT would go to like 70 something. And my apnea spells would last for like 30 plus seconds. Oh, my fucking. Okay. You got to. You have to use your oh, CPAP, honey. You know, these healthcare providers are the worst about taking the care worst. of themselves. Yeah, we are. They just don't do it. That's fine. You you do it till there's a, a like a problem problem and then things change. No, it, but that's the problem. You you won't just die. You'll become you know, differently abled and then, you know, so Okay, we're going to talk about this offline. You got to take your seatbelt. I was not aware of all this. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my goodness. Okay, number four. <laughs> yeah, moving on from Carissa dying. <laughs> oh my God! Can I just go now? No, no, please don't. No, we don't want you to die. We love you. If you are dreaming about this animal, someone is criticizing you. This is from Mind Body Green, probably an a magazine that Scott reads. Yeah. This is the right now. This is horse shit. But what is the what is what oh, is it the goes animal? on for a while. Alligators relate to biting <laughs> criticism and having a thick skin. Oh, if it's got big teeth and you dream about it, this is probably what that means. OK, what if Paris is in your backyard and your friend, best friend from high school, Bruce Donahue, is skating in your kitchen on linoleum and you wondered why? How come you never figured that out before? You didn't know people could skate and Paris was in your backyard. Why did you get on a plane and go to Paris when it's in your backyard? What does that mean? Exactly. Well, this is about alligators. Okay. So number one, if it attacks, you are undergoing criticism. Mm. Number two, if it is eating something, something might be consuming you in your life. Mm. Number three, if you attack it, you're fighting back against the criticism. Okay. Number four, if it's a baby, it connects with pregnancy or fertility. Your show is better when you had medical questions. <laughs> I agree, hey. but they make me do this. Number five, <laughs> alligator-infested waters. That dream deals with fear of criticism more than actual criticism. Number six, alligator beneath the surface. You're the black sheep and experiencing <laughs> fear of anxiety Jesus. or a subconscious level. Okay. Number seven, if it's dead, something in your life is coming to an end. <laughs> Number oh, eight, if it's fighting with another animal, you're having conflict in your life. Oh, no. Number nine, oh, if you God, escape an not... attack, <laughs> you are getting out of a toxic relationship. Hmm. And that is the end of our time. Oh, Thank, Thank goodness. <laughs> I picked that one for you, Steve. I know you did. Thank you. See, you, you did Opie's Rule, where it was kind of funny, and then it became unfunny, and you kept doing it until it became funny again. So perfectly done. Thank you, Tacey. It was awful. Um, <laughs> all right. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love 
to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings. But I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. <laughs> um, nope. Hey, I've, I have a question that somebody mailed in that I was supposed to read several weeks ago. Hopefully it wasn't an emergency. <laughs> Um, just says, hey, pal, I recently moved to Florida, was looking into DNR orders. And what we mean by DNR is do not attempt resuscitation orders. So if your heart stops, they would not do CPR. That's all it means, by the way. DNR doesn't mean do not treat. It just means if you die, don't do CPR. Everyone should be a DNR. And I'm a, well, I, I know uh, DMP Carissa, you are a DNR. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has threatened us that if any, if she... <laughs> Keels over at work. We are not to do um, CPR on her. Of course, I said I would do a vigorous chest massage to make, you know, just to see if you, if, if that's all that it took. Yeah. But other than that, uh, yeah, we'll let it go. But uh, this guy says, the way I feel about the whole thing is I would like to be resuscitated if just having a heart attack. Of course, if you're having a heart attack, we will treat you even if you have a DNR. And I can be brought back to a reasonable state eventually. So people who are having a heart attack uh, generally have chest pain, nausea, uh, maybe vomiting, um, sweating, palpitations, uh, shortness of breath. We would treat that. People with a DNR order, we would treat that. But then if they went into ventricular fibrillation, were pulseless, we would not do chest compressions. Now, um, what what okay let me finish this and i have an answer and dnp chris i think you and i will absolutely agree on this the thing i don't want is to be kept alive as a vegetable but the florida dnr order seems so simple that even if you were having a simple cardiac arrest okay no such thing as a simple (laughs) cardiac arrest but i understand what you're saying they're not going to try to bring you back is this how they work everywhere and then he quoted the actual clause on the form, and I'll, I'll read what it says. I, um, so-and-so, the undersigned of physician license pursuant to Chapter 458 or 458, uh, and the, okay, I hereby direct the withholding or withdrawing of cardiopulmonary resuscitation from this patient in the event of the patient's cardiac or respiratory arrest. Okay, so he wants them to try, but then if it doesn't go well, he doesn't want to stay on life support, which is very reasonable. So, therefore, what this guy needs is... An advance directive. Myself a bell. It's not fair that she got that bell because I don't know this stuff. Right. No, of course. Well, yeah. That's I'd why take we, that one away. Okay, I'll take that one away. Um, so, yes. You don't have an advance directive? She does. I don't know what it is. A med- a li- okay, so some people call them living wills. We don't call them that. It is a medical advanced care plan. The reason we don't call them living wills is because uh, they're for two reasons. Number one, the l- attorneys think that they can do them. This is a medical document. It's not a legal document. And we can walk through all these different scenarios. If this happens, if this happens, if this happens, the attorneys can't do that. As a matter of fact, if we stopped calling them living wills and started adopting medical advanced care plan, an attorney wouldn't go within a thousand miles of it. And when I give talks to the bar association, I'll always tell them, uh, hey, you know, uh, if you guys will stop doing living wills, I'll stop doing divorces for people because it's the same thing. Go Literally, and I know I'm going to piss off some of the attorneys, but I'd love to have one on if they disagree with me. Uh, going to an attorney to get a living will is like going to Lane Bryant to get tires. You know, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I... Uh, unless you need bigger tires. <laughs> unless you big, need big old tires. And then you... <laughs> I, it's Lane Bryant National. I don't even know if that's like yes. a local thing. Okay. So 
Uh, so he needs an, a medical advanced care plan that says, I am full code. Try to do C- If my heart stops, do CPR. But if it doesn't go well, then the medical advanced care plan kicks in and says, uh, if I'm permanently in a coma or permanently uh, dependent on other people or whatever you want, then uh, then I don't want to live that way. And you can terminate or you can withdraw or withhold life-sustaining treatment at that point. So that's what he needs. He needs a medical advanced care plan, not a DNR, because uh, he's not DNR. He wants to be, he wants to have CPR. Okay. Uh, I hope, did that, did I explain that okay, Tase? Yes. Okay. All right. All righty. Here we go. Let's do this. Uh-oh. Hi, Dr. Steve. This is Bridget. Hey, Bridget. Oh, before we do that. uh, Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Just don't. I texted you about uh, a kidney stone treatment that's advertised. Okay. And I was thinking it was BS. But, um, and and you could talk about that. I don't remember what it was. But also, I went and had my calcium score done. Good job. I'm 52 years old, a little overweight, not too bad. Okay. My score was 624. So I want to thank you for educating me about this test. I asked my doctor to order. You know what? Thank GVAC for that because we really started pushing that after what happened to him. Uh, DMP Chris, you you weren't listening then, but one of our best, and I hate to say dearest friends, but he really was a dear friend. I cried more when he died than just about anybody else that's ever been in my life. And uh, he was just the sweetest, nicest, smartest, just funny. uh, It was everything. And um, there there was so many circumstances. There he is up on the wall, by the way. He's always looking. That was perfect. A beer and a guitar in his hand and him laughing. That's that's how I remember GVAC. But anyway, he was had just turned 50, never told me he was having any kind of symptoms whatsoever because we would have, for the show, sent him in to get a calcium score. And, uh, and but, he was on the show every week. Yeah, he was on the show every week. He drove 90 minutes to get here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he um, passed away suddenly with sudden cardiac death because of a widow maker. And uh, the Widowmaker is, well, you want to talk about what a Widowmaker is? A heart attack. Yeah, right. But it was the, le- <laughs> <laughs> the left main artery. So it was the big artery that feeds, you know, three quarters of the heart or two thirds of the heart was, was completely blocked. And uh, if he had had a calcium score, maybe they would have caught this and worked him up and, and stuff before he passed away. That's what my He'd dad died from, too. Is that At the right? age of 50, his LED was 100% occluded. Yeah, and that's something. Dead. So uh, this woman went ahead and got one, and hers was 600. So thank God she had the thing done. Because, you know, a score is zero. So what they do is they, they put you in a CT scan. And they literally will throw you in on this thing between the regular patients. And insurance won't pay for it, but most hospitals charge anywhere from 50 to 150 bucks to do it. And uh, I, I think it's becoming accepted enough that they are going to start, insurance will pay for it. But then, of course, they'll jack up the price. But you know how it is, <laughs> Jesus. But a score of zero means no calcium is seen in the heart. And that suggests low chance of developing a heart attack in the future. That was my score when I first did it. You know, they were testing them, and I said, do me. And it was zero. Uh, and then um, a score of 100 to 300 means moderate plaque deposits. Mine was 250 the second time I did it. It was associated with a relatively high risk of heart attack Ugh. over the next three to five years. So what they do is they put you on medication at that point, and I'm on a statin, and my next time I go in, they'll do another one and see where we're Were you at. not on a statin no. beforehand? Uh-uh. Okay. No, no, no. All right. And then a score greater than 300, which hers was 600, is a sign of very high risk. So what her primary care needs to do now is send her to a cardiologist to work her up. They'll, there's lots of stuff that they can do. There could be a stress test to see if she's got uh, any kind of blockages already. Heck, you know, depending on how aggressive they are, and uh, we don't know anything else about her history, they may go straight to cardiac catheterization and just see where we're at because that's the gold standard. So uh, now, 
this this scan should not be used as a single predictor of your overall health and risk of heart disease. Most of the time you do these things because you already had at least one risk factor. Uh, diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, family history, any of those things. Now tell me, if you have those things, yep. but they're well controlled, yes. what does that do well, as it's far all, as your chances? It's all about mitigating risk, right? So uh, there is a thing called a Framingham uh, cardiac risk calculator. If you know your cholesterol and your blood pressure, you can go in and do that. And we've done it on the show before. Um, it will tell you what your risk is compared to the average. My risk right now is lower than average, according to the Framingham risk calculator. Okay. So at people my age, because I'm old as fuck, um, have a risk of about 10% uh, average. I think mine was like four because we got my cholesterol and my blood pressure under control. And, you know, I was all with that guy. I had abnormally low cholesterol and freakishly low blood pressure to the point where sometimes they wouldn't take my blood if I was donating blood because it was too low. And then all of a sudden one day I went in, my cholesterol's elevated and I've got this stupid calcium score and I've got high blood pressure. It's like, what in the hell happened? But it's all about mitigating risk. So you do the best you can to change your lifestyle, get more exercise. <laughs> That's funny. I'm just thinking about myself, honey, not you. No, I was thinking about me. And uh, because it's all about me in the end. <laughs> and I need to increase my exercise and start at least fucking walking. You know, when, I, when we were on vacation, I walked every day and I felt good. So I uh, need to Duck do that Island. stuff. Yep. Doug loved it over there. Oh, did you go? Yeah. yeah. DNP Carissa awesome. fi- finally mm-hmm. moved to our town, and she's discovering all the wonders of of our town, including the smell. But anyway, all right. You live right in the center of it. Yeah, I like oh, where I like. Stinkful. I like where we live. But anyway, please get that checked out. Don't Stinks dick around. Sport. Women um, <laughs> have. Um, you may have a percentile score that was designed for women as well. Women tend to have less heart attacks than and men. And that's exactly, I mean, you see commercials all the time. You don't think of women having heart but attacks. But they do. But they do. They do. And when they do, it sucks. Mainly because their doctors were going, ah, women never have heart attacks and just blew off their risk factors. That happens too. And then when they come in, they have a, you know, the big one. Yeah. So. My okay. aunt had one. She was throwing up. She had presented with all yep. kinds of signs, and they were just like, oh, it's just a flu, stomach flu. Yeah. Sent her home. Yep. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, the first I time. I don't think I knew that. The first heart attack she had. We had a guy once when I was at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, who uh, died because he complained that he had a uh, sore throat. And what he was really saying was, I'm but didn't articulate it, I'm having chest pain radiating to my left neck. And he said, yeah, I've got this sore throat. And they put him over on the ambulatory side thinking he just had strep or something or a viral infection. So we have to be, not everybody presents as a textbook, uh, you know, uh, example of whatever it is that they mm-hmm. actually have. They did that to me when I had anaphylaxis in the ER. Oh, yeah, talk about that. They um... so Tell people what anaphylaxis is. Please. An allergic reaction. It's a severe allergic reaction that is life-threatening, right? Yeah. Yeah, it closes your airways. Go ahead. True. Okay. Um, The first anaphylactic reaction I ever had, I presented to the ER after having anaphylaxis while driving down the road. Oh. Pulled over, stabbed myself with an EpiPen. Why did you have the EpiPen? Because I had developed... What we didn't know yet, allergies to everything, and I had presented to an allergist with hives. I kept getting hives everywhere. And they said, you're at risk for having anaphylaxis. Yeah, and so I had an EpiPen. Anyways, I used it that day. My throat was closing up. I couldn't breathe, and EMS was there, and they were like, you should go to the hospital to get checked out. So I refused to get in the ambulance, and I drove myself to the hospital, and... In the ER, they put me in the ambulatory side because they said I was having a panic attack. Oh. Um, and why, why would they think that? Because you had a high heart rate and you were hyperventilating? I, I'm assuming. And, well, by the time I got to the ER, the epi was working. So I was 
fine, you yeah. know, like symptomatically, um, other than elevated causes, heart rate. Yeah, epinephrine um, is adrenaline, so it causes right. a stress reaction. Yeah, okay. So thankfully they were busy because four hours later I had refractory anaphylaxis in the emergency room where my face, tongue, lips, throat started swelling. You could see the outline of my lungs on my back. What? Of oh. just redness and hives head to toe. My heart rate shot through the roof. My blood pressure went in the toilet. And you had angioedema, mm-hmm. which is the swelling of the, uh, you know, the upper airway and stuff. So in the lips, so they could at least see something this time. Right. They, they had to give me epi off. again. Um, oh my god! And then proceeded to admit me to the hospital, and I was going to be put on an epi drip. And be H two blockers, yeah. steroids, and an anticholinergic would be thrown in there sometimes mm-hmm. too. Good lord! I had all these things. Thankfully, I had no more episodes, so I didn't have to be on a ventilator or have an epi drip because I refused. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus! Oh, and I freaked She's the nurse practitioner die. out that just... admitted me. Oh. <laughs> so. Because you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that was my first time in the hospital with anaphylaxis. Oh, you, there was more than one? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, tell us about time number two. Oh, Lord. Time number two is on Thanksgiving. Oh. Um, oh. And they're like, oh, it's all about Carissa. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Drawing attention to herself. Always. And... See, my, I went in. My and, sister would just scream, "You all suck!" and storm downstairs and slam the door. Well, well, so. I wasn't even with anyone. I was just alone on Thanksgiving, and I. God Almighty! That's the wrong music. No, that is not the right music. (laughs) Man, (laughs) you are one pathetic loser. I am. That's not the right music either. Okay, so let's continue. You're not a pathetic loser. I am. Um, And I ate something, had diarrhea, hives. Mm, Then I had (laughs) trouble breathing, so I gave myself epi. I went to the hospital. In case it was going to have refractory again, because that's how it had happened every other time. And in the emergency room, my lungs did the same crazy shit where just literally I have pictures of it. It's crazy. You can just see every bit of my lungs outlined on my back. Wow. With red hives. Um, And I got treated with epi steroids. Same thing. But I didn't stay that time i went back home now you eventually found out what caused this i did do you want to dish on that at all yeah i mean it's weird as hell so i had been taking artificial hormones with birth control since i was 12 and had always been on high dose um hmm estrogen estrogen um birth control so anyways um I so this was like six, seven years ago now. Yeah. Um, I just started being allergic to everything. Sure. Everything I put in my mouth, I would have hives or some sort of reaction to. When I first and met you, you were carrying around food with you and little tiny Tupperware things. Yeah, it progressed to anaphylaxis every time I would eat something, and this is items I've ate my whole life. Um. And so I would go to the allergist. They would skin test me. I would react to everything. Mm. I had to keep everything out of my diet. And when I say everything, I mean, like, I was allergic to garlic, onion, pineapple, every fruit, wheat, gluten, everything caused anaphylaxis. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I carried food around with me everywhere. And then one day we had went through everything. Nothing had changed. My doctor was like, I've seen this once in my career. And Do you know the name of it? Because I do. The it's name, not really of, name of what you had? No, I okay. don't anymore. All right, it's just um, a sex hormone allergy. Well, it's yeah. So go ahead. Um, we decided just to take away my birth control and see what happened. Took it away slowly, retested, and the retesting took like a year because I had 
27 allergies at that point yeah. to food right. and ingredients and um, did oral food challenges. And after the birth control was out of my system, I was no longer allergic to anything. Yeah, that's crazy. That is Good. nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've now all my EpiPens are expired. That gives you faith in me, too. Yeah. Um, and we I don't have any good ones here either. <laughs> but we used have to. any yeah. issues though. We need some new ones. Yeah, sex hormone allergy uh, in severe cases can lead to anaphylaxis. Case studies show that patients suffered from unexplained anaphylactic reactions for years before being adequately diagnosed with yeah, sex hormone allergy. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if there are any clinicians out there, keep that one in the back of your mind. Yeah. You see a woman of childbearing potential show up all of a sudden having anaphylaxis out of the blue. Yeah. Because that is not normal. No. I mean, you know. And so. mine was always delayed anaphylaxis. So it right. would It'd be have to hit a certain part of your gut. Plus after yeah. ingestion that I would have anaphylaxis. That's interesting. So I wonder, it, it almost was like it had to sit hit the duodenum or the ileum or the jejunum or some part of your small mm-hmm. bowel before it was triggered. Yep. So there's some receptor there. Yeah. Golly. It was terrifying. That's really difficult. Yes, and of course. And then afterwards I had freaking panic attacks forever and was afraid to even just live or eat anything. Yep. Now I don't have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the opposite. Yeah, but you, you brought us some cheesecake we're going to try later. I too. did. Cheesecake. It's an Italian cheesecake. Mm. Yeah, it okay. has cream cheese, ricotta, and mascarpone mm-hmm. in it. If, uh, if they ever bring back a great American baking show, uh, Carissa needs to be on there because she's quite uh, talented with decorating and making uh, unusual things. So. Oh, well, this one's not pretty. Yeah, I don't Also, care. sorry, I didn't mean to talk about myself. For no, like no, 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 no. Well, no, very got, interesting I mean, we and very insultive. We've got to kill time. So oh, okay, fine. good. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't <laughs> yeah, just actual totally fine. wanting to hear about it. Just no, I, I thought it was crazy. Yeah. It Literally. I could talk about it forever because it's fucking traumatic. Yeah. But, it sounds it. Um, yeah. Well, we're glad you're better. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Does I that explain that why CPAP I... machine? Yeah, now <laughs> we got. Yes, yeah, you go through all this shit and then you won't wear your CPAP. What's your cholesterol? Okay. Do you really want to know? Yeah. 302. <laughs> Come on. Oh. God damn it. I'm just kidding. The last time it was down to 265. Oh, yeah. I think we did actually did your Framingham score. And because we you're, tried. you're female and you're young, mm-hmm. it, you still had low risk, but I did. that won't last forever. And. We need to get and we had to lie there. about my age because I'm not old enough to do it. Yeah, right. That's true. That, that's true as well. All right. Uh, let's see here. How about one on foreskin care? Tacey, you're an expert on this. I am. I not, feel like it. Not because of me, because I have no foreskin. And as GVAC always was want to do and get me in trouble with the intactivists. Well, I, I um, was a certified nurse assistant. That's right. Um, because I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do after college. All right. So I did home health. Oh. Indeed. And, um, and I did it for a couple of years and worked in a nursing home. I was she, a CNA for four years. And she cleaned Miserable. penises and stuff. So oh, both oh, of you yeah. clean. Okay, so both of you will be able to answer this. Smegma. Oh. I hear it in your voice. What's that? You need to do a little bit of retro. Oh, wait. All right, I hear it in your voice. What? We need to do a little bit of retro work <laughs> here because we've kind of lost our way slightly in just a little bit. <laughs> Let's go back to your favorite subject. Okay. Oh, is that Stacy? Well, his voice sounds different. Uh, those of us that have a Roman war helmet, okay. what is the maintenance and care for those of us that have a one-eyed snake with a turtleneck sweater? Oh, God. Other than, you know. The most basics, you know, how important is it to make sure that you clean the poor guy, not too briskly and everything else. Yeah. Okay, Taze. Okay, it's very important. Make sure you pull it back down. Yes, you got to pull it down and you got to get it all or it can get stuck and it can hurt. And I took care of plenty of old people in my time who could not clean themselves. Yeah. Not to start anything, Steve. What? But they were not of the... Of the ability to clean themselves, and so I had to do it, and it would hurt them. Well, what are we going to start? No, you were taking care of these people. With with the, I don't know what you call them, the tech 
the intectivists. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. No, I no, mean, no, you no, know, no, yeah. it's just for me. It's. Do you know what it's called when foreskin gets stuck to the head of the penis? There's a name for it. Parathymosis. Ooh. I am the smart. I. Oh, uh, wow, that is very interesting. Please tell me more. <laughs> I'm hitting the wrong drops anyway. Give thyself a bell. Kicking my ass over there. That's <laughs> just because I know about dicks. It's fine. Yeah. So it was just really. She's a good egg. It was just really awful to see. And um, I had one man. That I, I cleaned for for a couple of years, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm, and, I'm going to clean you real good. And every time I do it, he goes, well, it ain't dirtied it up in a while. And that was his joke. <laughs> and I heard that joke. I'm going to remember that. Every time for three times a week for a couple of years until he died. Ain't dirtied it up in a while. He was a sweet little feller. Now, one thing is if you retract the foreskin, make sure you put it back. Because uh, there have been nursing home incidents where men had foreskins and also a catheter. And then the, someone had retracted their foreskin to clean it mm. and then left it there. And if it was tight, it can actually slough off. I can off, see that. That's slough, awful. Yeah, it's easy. it would be mm -hmm. very easy to do. It, you would slough off the end of the person's penis or at least cause a severe form of infection of the glands. Which I'm not going to give you a bell for, but you know the name of that? Smegma. No. Balanitis. <laughs> Balanitis. Balanitis is uh, when you get inflammation or infection of the head of the penis. So you don't want that. So if you retract it, put it back. Yeah. What, what, you have uh, maybe 30 seconds. What, what's the best protocol for cleaning the uh, forest? I mean, it's been... Yes, I don't know, 30 years since I've done it, Steve. It's been a long time. Oh, it's like I mean, riding a damn bicycle Chris, taste. I would know, but I, I know you pull it back, and and I would just wash. I yeah. don't remember. Soap and water, I right? mean, Soap yeah. and water. Yeah. yeah. Just, you can use creams if their foreskin needs to be stretchier. I yeah. never had that, but that I remember. Yeah, there are estrogen Sometimes creams Sometimes they can, can be, use. like, too tight. They have to be... I that, never had stretchy, that. and that would be called phimosis. And if it's not severe, you can use estrogen cream to stretch it out a little bit. Yeah. So otherwise, well, we sometimes apologize they for this show today. Why? I thought it was fine. Okay, what are you talking about? Kind of weird. So, uh, Carissa, you, so are, are you going to commit to using your CPAP now? No, she's looking. Yes. Okay, <laughs> that is a lie. Um, you don't know. Tacy has a portable one. Mm -hmm. From when I traveled all the time. And when she goes on vacation, she takes it with her. It's mm -hmm. a, describe it. It's weird. It doesn't use a. Um, doesn't a, uh, need a water reservoir. Because it uses the humidity in your breath and it traps it or some shit. Yeah, and and so I use it mostly because I I don't want to be in a room with a bunch of people and keep them awake. And you're being the snoring one. Yeah, right? and yeah. and and so that's why I use it. So I'll use it um, Friday night when I go see. Lizzo, so oh, yeah. so Jill can sleep, which I have nothing to wear. But anyway, that's a different story. Come oh, we to need my to, closet. Yeah, we need to dress you up for Lizzo. Honey, I have all kinds of things. Oh, you, I have clothes by Lizzo. You have clothes by Lizzo? I do. Isn't that like, uh, though, like going to a disturbed concert with a disturbed t-shirt on? It doesn't have her face on it. It's sexy oh. clothes. Okay. Yeah, you would never know it was Will you Lizzo. dress up for Lizzo? Will you let us dress you for that? My bra is made by Lizzo. That's mm. besides the point. My bra is but... made by Lane Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get some tires when you were there? <laughs> Biggins. <laughs> some Biggins. And if you've never bought your bras at Lane Bryant and you are a little bit bigger, good place. Hmm. Well, okay. Tacey endorses Lane Bryant for I bras. Do. There you I go. do as well. Okay. Okay, I've never actually set foot at Lane Bryant. Well, Except, maybe you oh, should. you know what I did one time? I had a, a friend, and I thought Lane Bryant was just like a fancy clothing store. Oh, no. <laughs> and I bought, I bought her a gift certificate for uh, Lane Bryant, and I guess I was making a statement I didn't realize I was making, so... Well, I just thought it was fancy clothes. I had no idea. You walk in there, it's just clothes. You don't see it's for biggins. Well, it's not biggins. I mean, like, it's just, 
you know, you just called us bigans. No, I said no. I mean, okay, so like there's there's a place between that large and extra large. There's a place between the misses and 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 the women's, and there's no there's no place to go for that. Yeah, and Lane Bryant is an excellent place to go for. Well, good. All right. Uh, you, you and, and most women, I think, fit in that yeah. subsection. Sure. I mean, we're not all size sixes running around. We wish we were, but we're not. Do we wish, though? Why Ooh, do you want to wear leggings? Why would you wish now, that, I do. I, I think I, it's okay. You know I wear leggings. Pre- <laughs> These oh. are Lizzo leggings that I have. I don't know that I would... <laughs> That's oh, lot. my God. Okay, no, you have to wear that. Okay, we're going to dress Tacey up. We'll, we'll post pictures on our Patreon. And uh, let's do one more question, then we'll get out okay, of Okay, one more. Quick right. one. Quick okay. one. All right, all right. Hey, my name is Greg. My number is 302000. I wanted to uh, talk to you on the, on the uh, air, and I wanted to ask you about testosterone, which I started injecting okay. from the doctor. And yeah. I'm 62 years old. I'm a bodybuilder. Yeah. And I wanted to see what you thought of it. You know, I think it's great. If, you're, if your testosterone is low, then absolutely um, uh, replacing it with uh, testosterone is okay. It's called hormone replacement therapy. As with long the, as that's the only... That's right. With the key word being replacement, not... Um, Addition, know, right? Not not increasing your additional your to what you're getting at the gym. There are, there are problems with with that, but uh, hormone replacement therapy is fine. I think I'm going to switch to getting injections and just see if it makes any difference because I've been on the gel for so long that um, you know I just my testosterone is normal. But we had that doctor on the show. You weren't on back then, Tasty, but uh, they had a uh, he argued that you need that. Up and down, up and down. Really? I mean, I argued that the testicles don't, that's not how they make testosterone. It's pretty constant. But he said it makes a big difference. So uh, I'm going to try switching to I'll shoot you in see. your ace. All right. Well, thank you. That sounds, You're welcome. That sounds delightful. So we'll give that a try. But yeah, I, I, hormone replacement therapy is fine. If you're replacing, it doesn't increase your risk for many things. However, if you have prostate cancer or develop prostate cancer later, uh, it's like throwing kerosene on it. So, you know, you want to get your prostate checked. You're my age, so that's that's important to do. The digital um, prostate exam is kind of going away. And the data now is showing that it's too insensitive, too many false positives. So, the you know, the, the PSA test isn't great either, but uh, they're kind of going to that and doing less and less rectal exams. So I thought that was kind of interesting. We used to really push the digital rectal exam. When I say digital, it's not computerized. It's your digit. It's your first digit. Yeah. What do you think about that for women? You know how they do that sometimes? And I'm getting of that age where they, I'm afraid yes. somebody's going to stick something up my Listen, I've had enough no, here's up wh- my butt here lately. Here's the reason that you do a bimanual rectovaginal exam is you've got... Uh, when you're uh, normal pap smear, you're sticking, uh, and then after you're, you're done, you want to do a bimanual exam, which means you've got two fingers inside pushing up on the cervix. In the anus? No, no, no. In the vi- I'm sorry, in the vagina. And then you're taking your other hand, your non-dominant hand, and holding it on the skin. And what you're trying to do is push up enough so that you can feel the uterus and see if it's normal size. Then go to the right, try to feel the ovary. Go to the left, try to feel the ovary. And then the last thing you do is you've got two fingers in the vagina, one in the rectum. You better warn the woman that you're effing doing no. this. Why? <clears throat> okay, I'll tell you why. When I was an intern... Uh, we followed the protocol and did that and found a huge rectal tumor on a lady that was adjacent to her rectum. We never would have found it otherwise and caught it you know, uh, early enough that she could have treatment. Would you catch that during a colonoscopy? Not necessarily. If oh, it was, for fuck's sake. So you got to do that? If it was outside. Well, not everybody does it, but I think it's part of a complete exam because you're there. And when you've got your fingers between the rectum and the vagina, and then you can feel to the left and the right, you can feel tumors that are adjacent to the rectum at that point. So um, I, I think it's worth doing. I, I don't know if the OBGYNs are still doing them or not, but I'm just telling you. I've not a, had one done in a long time. I was a third-year medical. And the other thing that you can do is test for blood. 
blood. And if you do, see, you've already had a colonoscopy. But now, these days, because of Obamacare, this is one of the real positive things with Obamacare, to be honest with you, was that if you have any reason to screen for colon cancer, then they will uh, pay for it. Your insurance must pay for it. And if you have blood, then they go, oh, you need a colonoscopy. You can get one done really quickly. So, um, you know, but uh, screening tests are paid for these days by almost all insurances. I don't know any that can kind of get out of it. So worth doing. Yes. I, I still think it's it's worth doing. It's part of a complete exam. I don't know if the OBGYNs are doing it. Maybe if we have some listening, they can tell us. I mean, I had my last pap smear recently and no. Yeah. No, well, no, for me too. But I just keep waiting on it with the big five zero. Yeah, you ready guys to are. Happen, you guys are at lower risk. But once you hit fifty, then I think mm. it's definitely worth doing. I so. can't imagine her doing that to me. Enough right. with this. It's just, just do it to yourself your body. and get used to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll do it to you. Chris, I can do it. We'll do it as on the show. We'll do it on the show. Okay. Whatever. We'll get stirrups. <laughs> And, uh, I'll do you and you can do me. There okay. You go. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm already getting kind of uh, worked up. Oh, good. All right. Well, uh, listen, uh, thank you to uh, DNP Carissa. Thanks to Tacey. Thanks to everyone who's made this show happen over the years and listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Nights. Thanks. Goodbye, everyone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.